when you have these moments of like, I don't know if I can carry on doing this because it's killing me. And it's like, maybe I should just quit. Like, should I just quit? And then, and then what stops you is like the emotional attachment you have to two people that have literally made music since they were practically born. And I don't think I could do anything else. Welcome to Making Conversation with me, Grant Bryden, a podcast about music, creativity and careers. For this series, I've sat down with a range of artists and creative professionals in order to learn about how their unique experiences and perspectives can help us in our own creative and business practices. For this episode, I spoke to Diva Jeffrey and Alex Hedford of musician duo Jadu Heart. Last year, they released their debut album, Melt Away, and we sat down to discuss their unorthodox origin story, the expansive lo-fi mythology they've created around their music, and how that evolves as they grow as artists. We also got into the anxiety that comes with writing and releasing music, and what ultimately drives them to overcome the pressure. What are your first experiences with hearing music that you felt sort of affected by in some way? I think it's kind of weird because you know you don't really have many memories when of when you're really young but like I used to listen to the CD it's so random it's like show songs from like really old like 20s movies called Wonderland or something. I used to listen to that every night and then obviously I grew out of that and the first time I remember like feeling really like a, a strong emotion for music is when um, I found that CD again when I was like nine or 10 and I put it on and it was like the first time I'd really experienced nostalgia because I was That's like, like yeah, because I was like 10 and you're not really old enough to have nostalgic thoughts when you're like that young because you've mm. only been alive for like five years. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, that was pretty crazy. And I was like, what the hell is this feeling? Like, I feel like I, like I know it just took me back completely. Yeah. And I think that's like the first time I've ever had like a strong emotional connection with like music. It wasn't particularly like a, like fun, like amazing piece of music. It was just like the fact that it was so nostalgic. Yeah, and, like, like your kind of memory was attached to yeah, exactly, yeah. some sort of sound, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mine was uh, actually an important piece of music. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, uh, it was Barbie Girl. <laughs> Swear down, like the first, my earliest memory of music is sat on my mum's bed, just like learning all the lyrics to Barbie Girl, like blasting it out thinking it was sick and uh yeah that's, oh, that's honest been, to god must True. have been about 15 then <laughs> <laughs> no i don't know i think it's cool that it's like it happened at the turn of like that century as well and it's like the future's all about plastic and do you know what i mean mm. and but yeah that is that is true it's just a catchy ass tune isn't it it's a bit yeah. of really good. it is a huge banger <laughs> what music was being played around the house there's a lot of jazz just a lot of that. And my dad was obsessed with Prince and Queen. So that was like the staple of my household. Like it was always Queen or Prince or just like jazz pretty much. And then my mum, cause my parents were quite young. Like they had me, they were, not, they were about 23. And so my mum was like really into garage. Um, cause she obviously was actually going to like garage nights. Like when it was actually in people's garages, you know what I mean? Like, right. so when I was born, um, my grandma would kind of look after me and she'd go out to these garage nights. So she loves like garage and R&B, a lot of got Caribbean music because that's where my grandma's from. So yeah, that was quite a mixture, but I definitely didn't have what I eventually became interested in, like became obsessed with, which was like more like indie rock. Like that was, 
I'd never had much kind of kind of rock and, and that that kind of stuff in my house, which is probably why I like veered towards it when I yeah. finally like discovered it. And I was like, what the hell is this? Like, this, mm. like, this is cool. Oh, my parents were listening to like Nick Drake, kind of, they're a bit older. So like the Dawes and the Beatles and stuff like that. And um, my dad was like really into like African music. He has a lot of like a huge African record collection that we keep in France, which is kind of where, cause I run like a little, a uh, reissue label with my brother for like Afrobeat records and stuff like that from the 80s and uh, that's kind of where that kind of started from I guess but yeah there was just so much stuff and I think it's weird like my dad doesn't really listen to music anymore he just like in his van he's got no like sound system and it just doesn't work for like the last five years I've always right. been like what do you do and he's just like I'll just sit here and just like <laughs> chill and like think about stuff for like five hours he has to drive all over the country but so that kind of stopped. But I, I guess they just listen to stuff that they, they used to grow up listening to. Yeah. In their early days. Yeah. And I guess you kind of touched on it with with indie. But like, what was the first music that you felt like was yours or like that you were connecting to and bringing into the house? Yeah, it was indie. indie. Definitely. That was like the yeah. days, wasn't it? Like uh, Arctic Monkeys. God, Arctic like Monkeys is what falls. Like, did it for me when I discovered um, them. I was like, I'd yeah, like, yeah. I felt like I'd found like a new world. <clears> I was like. And yeah, then, and, and then a little bit later on, and then when by the time, because that was like all the stuff that my brother was listening to, or like the slightly older kids were listening to, and then by the time that we were like the older kids, when we were like sixteen or whatever or fifteen, that was like the SoundCloud electronic phase and Subtract mm, and yeah. all of those, all of those bands. Well, I guess they're not bands. All those artists and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think was the first music that you heard that made you want to go from being someone listening to music being a fan to actually being a creator of music or a participant it's been i've always done it and like originally it was probably like jack johnson or something when i was like right. six um or seven or whatever big ups jack johnson oh is that lola tune actually but then like in when i was actually like this is cool i want to do this it was probably falls like we're all well into falls like uh, and that kind of math rock thing is huge up up north math rock like every band was like a math rock band when we were like 13 or 14 or whatever so that was what we were trying to do i always have done it as well uh, since before i can remember apparently according to my parents right. um and um, my grandma just said that i used to just she had a guitar like in the corner of the room and i just used to just play it but like quite well for like a three-year-old like actually be able to repeat like motifs and stuff um but the first song i ever wrote was i think i was seven and it was like a jazz piece oh, so wow. i because i played the clarinet right <laughs> so i like i got some my dad's friend roy helped me like set up a little recording thing and i recorded like a clarinet like three i'd written like notated like three parts for the clarinet and they were doing like different parts and it was and actually really good <laughs> i don't think it was i mean it was good but it wasn't that it wasn't like genius level good it was like i oh, still can't she's, write she's all right notes, so that's yeah genius i mean i can't it. anymore <laughs> I was, maybe i was a genius definitely not anymore but yeah and then actually the ones the first song i heard that made me like want to be in a band or kind of get more into that was uh, Seaside by the Kooks and it literally it's such a joke because it's so like I think uh, it's it's a lot bigger than people kind of think I think it's actually 
a staple in a lot of people's. The kooks are massive. Aren't yeah, they? I know, but that specific and song because like, it's like a two, it's a less than two minute song. It's less than two minutes, yeah, and it's weird. like not even really like a full song really but it's like it's 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 huge like, I love it's it. interesting looking at all that music now though because it's like because i think like four years ago if you were to ask me this question i would never have mentioned like J uh jack johnson we she probably wouldn't have said the kooks yeah. all this stuff is like stuff that we're like oh no it's not that cool do you know what i mean we're not not that into it because yeah. we don't like go around listening to it now yeah but i think it's gotten to the point now <laughs> where like some of those tracks were like are they like like 15 years old some yeah, of it like some of it's that. well old and like it's coming around to be able to look back at the, that music and be like, oh, wow, like, that was what we were into. Like, I could pretend that I was listening to Aphex Twin when I was, like, 10, <laughs> but it wouldn't be true, you know? It's like... Yeah. Um, do you think that's more to do with the time or do you think that's more to do with, like, you growing and kind of becoming comfortable with the fact that... I think it's... I guess it's, it's... Yeah, a little bit of both. But yeah. I think the more you kind of grow up, the more you realise that, like, you can be influenced from anything and it doesn't mean that the effect of the music is any better or worse, like... And also like the time thing, because it's now old enough to be like nostalgic. Mm. That's the thing, like before it was a little bit too close. Like I was still kind of like, oh God, was I really listening to that? But like yeah. now it's like, yeah, I was listening to that. Like who cares? It's like it's long enough ago that yeah. I can say something. I still haven't gotten I mean, to the point where like Blink-182 is cool. But like, <laughs> I actually listened, I to, an, I listened to one of the albums the other day. <laughs> yeah, it's still not there. It's not there, right. <laughs> but it's getting there. <laughs> What um so both of it both of you it was kind of guitar and vocals that you were first yeah, yeah. definitely yeah it's still how we write now like, we okay. both started off writing songs just on the yeah, guitars yeah. and singing yeah. yeah when did the kind of more electronic elements and stuff come into it then for you both for me that was so like I was saying when we were sixteen and it went it kind of turned from bands into like subtract like tonight like all the kind of, we were going to the warehouse project in Manchester and, and then suddenly it was like no one was singing or playing the guitar anymore. It was like, no one wants to sing. I remember sitting there being like, oh man, song, songs with songs, with lyrics, they're so uncool nowadays. It's <laughs> like, so it was basically just trying to do that and just trying to make club music like really badly uh, for like a few years. And then, and yeah, that's where the production kind of elements came from. But then like, I remember hearing Jai Paul or Jay Paul. And that was like, that's the first time that music's like, ever like really really touched me to a level of like this is what i want to do this is what i want to make so then kind of bringing the songwriting back into the electronic side of it mm. i was so kind of just stuck in the kind of <laughs> singing and playing guitar thing not stuck in it but i was so upset that's just what i did and uh i wanted to start a band but i just didn't have anyone around me that wanted to start a band do you know what i mean it was like it's kind of the only one i was in a school that was very academic based it's also a girls school um, and like, I didn't really have anyone around me that would kind of make a band with me. So then I just started producing instead. So I just made my own band basically on the computer yeah. pretty much. And uh, that's how it started. I remember really listening to a lot of like Flying Lotus. I think that's what kind of made me, when I heard that for the first time, I had a friend called Max, he showed it to me. And I was like, this is really, cause it's very jazzy as well. Mm. I had that link. Yeah. So it was like, super like that touched me something clicked and i kind of went more kind of electronic i kind of veered from the singing thing as well yeah and just stopped singing you used to altogether. i remember when we first met she had like some because you were you're using a lot of like uh you're still using garage band for some stuff yeah you? yeah and she had like these crazy like compositions <laughs> on garage band that were just like 
about like how a room was messy or some shit. It was crazy. And uh, that was when I was like, yo, we got to start a band. Let's, let's, let's start a band with each other. Let's do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was like, all right, <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> what were you using to make like dance music on? Uh, it was, it was, I guess originally when we were in high school, it was Garage Band and then it was Logic and then it was Ableton. And I don't think any is better than the other. I think I'd like to think that Pro Tools is like the one that's like for, <laughs> all the g's but i couldn't i couldn't use it i don't know how to use it no, it's <laughs> and, uh, like an alien project. and i've completely forgotten how to use logic like someone pulled it up the other day and that's what i'd like learn how to use doors on or whatever and i just couldn't do it so now we just use ableton but yeah i started not really, yeah we don't well. really do it properly though we yeah <laughs> we don't use the software properly i remember we use it for recording we record stuff and then mess around with that using effects and kind of we just resample ourselves basically constantly yeah. like there's probably there's guitar no parts or anything there's synths i think someone was, uh, once asked us like what's that synth in that song and i was like that's a guitar part that we mm. recorded and just messed around with for about two months yeah now it sounds like a synth like i don't know the like, thing about ableton it has that um it has the kind of the audio manipulation thing just at the bottom of it which you can just like do like time stretch so easily and do all that stuff like well easily so that kind of ended up being the basis for like our whole thing. Cause we were just like messing with the audio, like stretching it and kind of well, We were also learning how to use it. So yeah. it was kind of like, we were just, you know, having fun with what we knew how to do. Which yeah, is, yeah, which yeah. Is, I think that's a, that's a, yeah. it's a good way to like end up accidentally making some of this pretty, yeah. pretty of its own style or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So you met at uni, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You heard the garage band compositions and stuff, and wanted to start a band. So this is, but this is pre JD Hart music. What was what was that period like? So um, after me and Diva had met, we uh, we were like, oh, we've got, to, we'll make some music together. And I went around to her like dad's house, and uh, yeah, the first tune that we made was uh, Harry Bompton's Ice Tea, which is on the the record, and. Uh, and that was that i think that was the first time i'd ever made a tune and like produced a tune with someone and it had actually been like yo this is a tune like this isn't just like some sort of weird like singing over do you know what i mean it actually felt like we'd made a song yeah. um and it was like shit we should work together more and then i don't think we did for like a while yeah well we made so basically when we made harry bromptons we made five tunes in one day and yeah. harry bromptons was one of them and it was the first one. Mm. And then the others, we still have some, we should find oh, them. Yeah, They're quite good. good. There was one about a stone rolling to the bottom of the sea. I don't know. <laughs> it was good. stone to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> so poetic. <laughs> um, and then we, you know, after that, didn't make some, some stuff for a while, but then, then the project came up at uni and we were like, she didn't really, she didn't say you can do it with someone else really, but we just said, can we do it with each other? We've got this idea, we've got this concept about this whole of the universe and whatever. And she was like, yeah, sounds good. So Go what was it. the brief for the project? It was like a song cycle. That was what it's called. So yeah. it could, it just had to be like a, an EP that showed a cycle of something. So it had a beginning and a middle and an end. It's kind of the- It was quite ambiguous, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, it was mostly the life cycle of like a, a bird or, or a train going a train from- train going from like, north to south america or yeah like which that. is i think that was like what it was meant to be and yeah. we just kind of were like and we're like yo let's that. create this universe yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> let's let's try and write an ep about all this crazy shit yeah and then we did 
and then she liked it. <laughs> so, so where did your idea that you had, where did that start? Was it after the brief or was it something that you already kind of... We, the original idea for like the concept was like, I was trying to run a night with my mate Ben and we couldn't find a venue anywhere. And every venue we went to, they were like, nah, you got to put down like three grand or like you got to do, and like, cause obviously we don't know what we're doing cause we're only 18 or whatever. And, and, uh, and then D was like, oh, my dad knows a place that we could try. And then we called him up and they were like, yeah, well you can only run a night here if it's theater. And we were like, we can kind of make some out of theatre. So we are like, yo, we'll do a night, but we'll just have like the DJs be like these huge monster puppets. And then we kind of went off on this mad tangent where we are like, we we're going to run this like experience night thing just so we could run a club night. It was just And then it like, ended up getting way out of hand. No, but we applied for a grant for it. Yeah, yeah. And we got yeah. to the last two. Like they were about to give us like 10 grand. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't know puppets. what the hell we were doing. Like, what? Um, I managed to somehow write this this application like yeah. like to make it sound like we knew what we were doing like, i must have done it quite well because like they're about to give us this money like i'm so glad they didn't yeah like, it would have like... been like shit how are we what are we doing because <laughs> yeah. the idea the oh. idea was so stupid like all this all this <laughs> stuff of building these big puppets and creating it so it was like this yeah, i mean it would have been it pretty been cool, sick. I don't, it's yeah. not stupid. Um, cool but i just don't think we would have been able to do it and then we would but the only reason we were doing it is just so we could have a venue to play some records. Like. But when we were making this this idea about these big puppets, obviously we were like, okay, but what are these big puppets? Yeah, so they had this whole story behind yeah, them yeah. about so how we, they were like, like some ancient had been, story or whatever. Had been like two people who'd gone into like a temple and got cursed into these huge monsters, or whatever. So we already had that. And there, that was the thing, wasn't it? There way. were these two monsters who had been cursed, and the only way that like they could come back into society is what, by like playing DJ? like banging DJ sets. <laughs> that was it. It was like. It was like, like, oh, these guys are ugly and they're monsters and they're weird, but we love them because they play like fucking some fat trap bangers and stuff. It was so funny. Oh, man, it was and so, so that was what that came from. And then we were like, shit, we've done all this work. We've got all the artwork. We've done all the designs and the concept. And then this thing came up like if, like the year after in Union. We were like, oh, shit, let's just, let's just kind of take Expand that and use that. it for that. Yeah, so that's where it came from. It's really jokes. I yeah, forgot about that. So with this kind of element is like, was theatre and stuff like that, was that something that you were already interested in or, or fiction writing even? Mm, no. Not really. It's, it's, we've always been super into kind of, not theatre, but fantasy, escapism, or any of that stuff. It's more like the weirder sides of those kind of films, like Dark Crystal um with yeah. i guess they've just made that new netflix thing and like labyrinth and like all the kind of jim henson puppet all that all that kind of stuff that you see when you're younger that's kind of like just pretty pretty weird it's kind of creepy and it's kind of got this element of like art to it even though it's just like a, a kid's movie or whatever we've kind of been into that stuff um i think it's more like the art side of it than like theater yeah definitely parents, I, I hate theater. Our pe- yeah I, which is I so have funny to drag him to the theater because people like, we hear people talk about it don't we and they're like oh they're super theatrical with everything and i'm like fuck man that's like <laughs> not what i wanted i'm like be. it's great <laughs> <laughs> but um both our parents are artists right so we de- we come from a quite a visual background and yeah, all this totally so that's definitely you know that's where it all comes from really and i you know i grew up reading a lot um specifically like fiction you know basically i just i like i like to escape from this world 
um because it's not great and like <laughs> and i think we both did at that point anyway we were mm. trying to escape from whatever it was and yeah yeah that's where it came from really yeah definitely and so like how do you go about because you've created this like whole world around these two characters which is pretty ambitious i feel like a lot of musicians would just be like now we'll just find a different venue <laughs> yeah but like what yeah, um, yeah. but what, what do you think led you to just be like no let's let's pursue this idea and let's honestly go. if i think it just comes down to personality like we somehow both have personalities that we just push everything to like the limit of what it could be in in terms of that like we've never really been like we've never tried to take the easy way out of anything um yeah we're we're honestly to the point where it's all can be detriment sometimes because we're just trying to we have our standards are so high and our well our ideas are so huge and we want to do them and we're going to do them and that's it like there's no like oh but it's too expensive or it's too hard like fuck it we'll just Mm. make it ourselves yeah we'll just figure out a different way to do it yeah because i obviously like in reality when we first came up with these concepts it's like oh it'd be sick if it was just shown in like animation or like do you know what I mean there's so there's so much stuff that you think about with concept worlds like this um and then we were just like well obviously we can't do that so <laughs> we had to just kind of write it out and make the artwork for the the vinyls connected with all that and you kind of feel like you you get the, it across it's hard yeah. it's really it hard, hard to like, do and the thing is yeah. we didn't want it to be this like we said earlier like theatrical like we didn't want it I mean it is a bit but we didn't want it to be like totally cheesy do you know what I mean because it can there's a fine line between like some of it being like super cheesy mm-hmm. and some of it being like oh this is actually a pretty cool idea and it's and it's it's pretty like interesting and fun to get involved in and but, a lot of artists have you know there's like Bjork yeah um, yeah she does it a lot uh, yeah FK cool. Twigs now who I think is inspired by Bjork a lot that have walked the line basically between cheesy or really cool and like you can't go too far like i'm not i won't name them but there are some artists that have taken that too far in my opinion to the other side where it's almost like you become like a caricature of yourself and it's like this weird like thing and i don't know i think yeah like bowie did it really well didn't he yeah exactly um and then you see like those metal bands that are like they come out and they're like dressed as like a full-on dragon. He just like holy <laughs> shit. Like, I'm like, oh god, is that is like that, that us? could be amazing? <laughs> but then it's like that is. I don't know if that is the vibe that I want to kind of give across. <laughs> I'd love. I actually love to see someone come out dressed as a dragon. Dude, they do it. You should see, like Ramstein and shit like that. <laughs> the thing that I think also is interesting about you guys is that all of that stuff that you mentioned is pretty like big budget. Yeah. But like, how do you create like a convincing concept? but without having a load of money to do it. Just keep it low-fi. Yeah, keep it low. We have like this rule um, that we've had kind of from the beginning, just like work within the means of what you've got. So you can make something arty by filming it on like an old school camera or like making it low-fi and not trying to go for like some big budget thing. Um, Because going for a big budget thing and failing, is it just happens all the time. You see it like all the time in like people's videos and... Kind of it's key. If you go for, if you go for something big budget uh, with a small budget, it's going to turn out very mediocre. Yeah, but if, so yeah, we, but if you if use you your use, budget, if you have like a medium budget and you use it to make something lo-fi but really cool, mm. that usually turns out okay. Because then the idea is everything that you've like put in, you've used the money for, like traveling to a cool place, for mm, example, yeah, or yeah. hiring a 
fire suit. I don't know, but then you film it. <laughs> we've we, never done that. We've never done that. That but. would be sick. Um, <laughs> Let's do that. Quite a good idea. <laughs> There's also like like with the second EP, we were like, oh, we want to do like a full visual thing with it. And we're like, oh, how are we going to recreate like this idea of galaxies? Because none of us can animate and animation's really expensive. So um, our mate Georgie, who's a, a film editor and creator, she'd been messing around with like looking at like mold and stuff like really really close in and we figured that it basically looks like space if you like film mold and stuff like that yeah so we managed to make the whole 20 30 minute video just using that and i think those graphics are some of the best like graphics you can find like they're yeah. so psychedelic and they're so like crazy and out there I and mean, we did she it was doing on our kitchen for like 100 quid i think we she's doing to do some that. crazy stuff like she was like mm. putting highlighter fluid in marmite and then, and then shining, shining a UV, a UV it. light yeah, on yeah. it and then using magnetic magnets to move it like and then film it so it looked like shit. planets moving yeah, through yeah. like so it's mental it like, was crazy yeah, she but there's just it. so much weird stuff on the table <laughs> like moldy milk and like old yeah. crisps and i, I don't so, know oh, yeah let's film that yeah so we were like throw it away wait, me and alex just sat in the corner like what is she doing yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's gone nuts man. yeah yeah she's gone crazy she's gone crazy um but yeah it turned out really really cool so yeah it's just about using your budget what you've got yeah and think trying to think within the budget but as creatively as possible a good idea will always go far yeah. as long as you can you have the means to actually pull it off yeah yeah do you think sometimes like having to stick to sort of a set of circumstances or rules can make the end result as you say like more creative the way that you just yeah. described because sometimes if you've got a massive budget you'll just yeah. be like yeah we'll get a billboard out totally. there and we'll do that yeah and yeah 100%. i think weirdly enough like as soon as we started getting a little bit more money oh yeah it was kind of like, ooh, we were trying a bit more ambitious things, but things that were ambitious from a, a technical standpoint and not necessarily a creative standpoint. So they're still amazing videos, <laughs> if I say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> but they're still like really good videos. But I think, yeah, you're totally right. Having that limitation means you have to kind of work within the means yeah. that you've got and, and think more creatively. It really does. It's like, it's the same reason we don't use any plugins, uh, plugins stuff, yeah. or anything because it's like there's just too much choice i don't want it i just want to use what i have this is why we only work with audio pretty much mm. and a few a few bits of hardware because you don't have like two thousand piano samples to go through you just yeah. have one piano that sounds kind of shit and you just put effects on it to make it sound all right in the end do you know what i mean it's like yeah. it's it's otherwise you have it just gets a bit too much and you become an expert in that one yeah. that one thing like right. you become like really good at doing like whatever that one thing is so. yeah i like i always compare it to you know when you go to a restaurant and there's like a 10 page menu yeah, and you're like yeah. i don't i don't know what i want to eat and it takes you like an hour to choose when you go to a restaurant and you've got like one page and it's like black and white and it's just like three starters three main three desserts and you just choose your option and you go and it's like perfect that's how i think about it and did you do the i'm a kid video on like 50 quid is that right yeah so basically we we didn't have any money to do it um, and we hadn't been on holiday for like ever. I don't think we'd, since we'd met, we'd never been on holiday. So we're like, oh, well, actually Neo was like, had just come back from Bali and everyone was going on about how sick Bali was. So we're like, let's go Bali. And we're like, we'll have a holiday, but we'll shoot a video while we do it. So we took a video camera and we got loads of costumes and stuff. And we took them over like on the plane or whatever. And then we shot this video in Bali, but it literally took up the whole holiday. We it were up from like holiday. seven till like ten every day, like trying to find places to shoot this video. 
it made it sick though because we went to some crazy places just to try and find areas of bali where there wasn't any people because there's people everywhere like right. kind of fat <laughs> middle-aged white australian people like, everywhere <laughs> and that was like a bit annoying but it was cool it was yeah, good alex vibe. was hating that no it was fine every I time just, we'd see one he'd be like and then be not with like really here. young girls i'd be like this, yeah this it was kind of creepy but... i hate that shit so we ended up shooting this video and everywhere we were shooting it all the locals were just like what the hell is going on like there's a scene at the end of it where i'm just as like a lizard thing and diva like stabs me oh no no sorry the lizard guy like shoots me yeah and like blood comes out and like just off camera you can't see it but it's like a whole school of about like 30 or 40 <laughs> school kids that have just like come on like a school trip to like that area they were like balinese and they'd gotten off and they were just watching the whole thing they've been there for like half an hour having their lunch and then like i did that bit and tried to hit the blood out of me and fell over and they were all like yeah <laughs> and they were all clapping like yeah like get him and i was just like what the hell we is were going like on? i was like come on let's go yeah, this is yeah so yeah. weird and they just stood they sat they stood and just like watched this film this whole like thing for but like obviously an hour. it was because there was only two of us and there's about seven characters in this video yeah. so we were having to there's a bit where where the lizard king shoots alex right so i'm filming that i'm filming alex dressed as the lizard king shooting alex mm. then he has to get undressed and get yeah. into his other costume and then pretend to get hit by something and it's just this crazy and we're just watching the whole thing like ages. unfold like and it took so long i love that it's, video though i yeah, honestly thought video. when we made that video and we cut it i was like this is the best video ever yeah. i was like this is this is gonna win awards and shit <laughs> it went out i got like five thousand views and I, was like, <laughs> I was like what the hell man this is this is gold um but uh yeah. yeah that was i guess that's pretty the theatrical isn't it? but yeah yeah i was gonna say you said you, you hate theater yeah before, yeah this he doesn't no i don't i guess yeah. i don't no he thinks he does but he doesn't this no but, because if that see if that whole thing was shot but like with a big budget right like big cameras like an actual man who was a lizard I mean, that would be pretty cool as well, actually. But No, but I wouldn't have liked it as much because it's lo-fi and you can tell that it's like, the song's about being a kid and it's about kind I of think, lightheartedness. And I think the element of theatrical that you don't like is the stage element. So when it's like you're coming out on stage and you're doing something like that, it's a very yeah, different. And there's people that, sitting yeah. in an audience like watching you come. That's why you hate musicals and anything like yeah. that. Like Yeah. Whereas it, because it's on camera, it's like, it was really inspired by like, um, Tarantino, the Tarantino stuff, yeah. films we're watching and stuff, those like, we were like yeah. we we copied a load of shots from Tarantino films you know you could say that his films um, are theatrical yeah totally. you know in that way it's in just way, over yeah. the top yeah 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 crazy yeah, totally gory we kind of did jump ahead a bit so going back to the project oh yeah you so you made this you made your like first EP as part of this project did you make the masks and stuff then as well or yeah we did it was uh like we were saying we were kind of thinking about how are we going to represent this story physically and then we were wanting to do the whole anime you know we wanted to do a 2d animation really mm. but that takes years and millions of pounds not millions but thousands you know to get someone to draw 2d animation for the whole project so we decided to go for masks we got Alex's brother to just he just drew them. He was just like, what about these? And we were like, yeah. And then uh, got them, our faces molded and then just got um, a guy called Bruce, is his name? Yeah, To Bruce, uh, make yeah. them out of resin. Big Bruce. And that was the mask. We was literally within a week, we just had these things that had just yeah. come to, like we hadn't thought about them very deeply at all. We yeah, just had this yeah. description. We just of knew they wanted to look like they were made out of crystal. Because that's like a reoccurring theme within all the 
the music. Yeah, so we got them made, and at some point we were looking at them, we were like, kind of realised that they turned into these kind of rabbit creatures, uh, which we didn't mean to do, and it didn't. It just kind of ended up being like that. Mm. And yeah, they look. A, I guess people say they look a bit like the Donnie Darko rabbit mask, but it was never meant to be like that. But and are they the, still the same mess that you use now? No, well, originally they were made out of this like really hard resin. For like the first year and a half, we were wearing these on stage and they were so heavy. You couldn't really see and your neck, you'd come off and your neck was like mashed. It was so bad. It was so bad. <laughs> it was really bad. And then I went uh, up north to see a mate and he was like, oh, check it out. I bought a 3D printer. And I was like, what? And he was like, I've bought a 3D printer. And I was like, I didn't know you could just buy a 3D printer. And he's like, yeah, I got it from China. It was like 400 quid. And he's like, it doesn't come with any instructions. It doesn't come with any instructions. We figured out how to use it. It came with like a USB with like this woman like talking on it. And like none of us could, yeah, he couldn't figure it out anyway for ages. <laughs> um, so yeah, he was like, oh, send me an object file of the mask. So we got it scanned and we sent him a file. And he just printed one out. And it looked like, it just instantly looked better like because it was printed in this like iridescent like plastic and it was just so light and it was just like oh now we can start messing with it and start printing them and we ordered our own printer from china um and it's just made the whole thing like like we we're saying before it's something that you could you'd need like a team of people to do like even like five or six years ago mm. we can just do it from our bedroom now like yeah. For, and on our own, yeah. the masks have changed since then as well because it's so easy to mm. well it's not easy for anyone but morgan's really good at using zbrush so for him he can go in and like alter the mask that we've sent we send him pictures of ideas that we have and he can just kind of work on it for a couple of days and then he'll print one off and send it to us um which is why we've been able to kind of have so many different variations like over the past couple of years yeah yeah what is the story then that you came up with for the music the first ep was like it's quite a grand concept so each track on the first two eps represents a chapter in a story it's about uh, these two kids that live in uh alternate universe i guess you could call it so it's like just they're just normal kids they go to school you know they have parents but it's like an alternative universe where magic exists and they have this god called jado which is where the name comes from um, and one day they go into this forest and come across an abandoned temple and they go in and they uh, touch something they, they weren't meant to touch basically and they get cursed into these huge crystal, crystal beasts. And then when they return to their village, like everyone's like terrified of them and they, can't, they don't recognize them. So they have to basically flee and they just run, run away together and end up just making music because it's the only thing that they can, yeah. they can do that people will kind of accept them. It's just kind of a lot. It's quite in depth. But then with the, when it came to this record, which is the next one, we wanted to talk about us a bit more. We wanted the lyrics to represent our thinking and what we're, yeah, what we're trying to write about at this, this moment in mm. time as people, not as these characters. So we kind of just had them come into our world and just become part of who we are. The characters grew up and kind of became more comfortable with themselves at the same time as we grew up a little bit yeah. and became comfortable with ourselves. So it, it kind of just merged into less escapism, us escaping to these characters and having like an almost like an alter ego and became more us. And as we go on, it becomes just more and more us. It's like yeah. we we're losing the characters, but we're not losing them as in they're moving on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they probably, they're still existing somewhere, but we're kind of now doing up more of our own thing. Yeah, I think it's like a natural 
progression yeah. from where we were because when we came up with the concepts you know we were at the beginning of uni and at that age and stuff it it, it was something that we're very we thought we were really passionate about and then as we got older we kind of became more passionate about telling our own story rather than just the story of these characters so it is kind of becoming more and more mm. and definitely about interlinked us. yeah yeah um i mean we left uni what, three years ago I yeah. think it's nice to be able to feel okay to 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 be myself. Mm. Never really felt like that before. It was very kind of, I felt like that I wasn't interesting enough or whatever. That's why I was kind of using these characters. Right. But now I feel like, like I'm the most interesting person in the world. No, obviously not. You are very interesting. <laughs> Shut up. I just feel more comfortable in my, in my own skin basically. Yeah. And uh, I just want to write whatever I want to write about. It doesn't have to be a conceptual thing. I mean, yeah. it can be still. I guess like, that's I'm the thing, just, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, although the conceptual side of it gave us a lot to write <laughs> from, it almost like limited us a lot. Yeah. We kind of let go of the the limitations that we'd put on it previously. And we're just like, well, if we want to write a song about something like that, we can just do that. Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of how, what started to happen with this last mm. record. Yeah. Yeah like some conceptual albums can be like if you took a song out of it and listened to it separately it wouldn't make any sense really yeah, yeah. totally um, yeah, whereas totally. with your music it always feels like it almost feels like there's an option like someone can get really deep into the, like the world yeah but also you it don't have to I know people who've just got it on their playlist they're yeah. just like one song exactly. and it yeah, works yeah 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 how did you m make sure that your music was kind of in yeah. that way so that was the thing from start we were just like Right, if we're doing a concept album and we're making a concept band, the music has got to stand alone yeah. completely as just like an artist. Like this is like some of the, if people want to get into it, they can get into it. Because you see that all the time with concept music and it's like, you go to see a show or whatever at the South Bank Center and it's like, it's an AI thing that's been built on this and it's like that. And then you go and you listen to it and it's like, yeah, well, the music's pretty shit and do you know what I mean and it's kind of like this is such an amazing idea but it hasn't been executed properly so it kind of brings everything down so there's no point do you know what I mean and the original point as always for us to just make music and that yeah. was this other thing was just like an extra thing because um, so, you yeah. can really you can cut people off and kind of alienate them from it if the music doesn't come first if you're making it hard for people to get into your music what's the, what's the point like yeah. It's got to be, it was always, it always had to be the music first. Mm. Like and gorillas, then, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's so conceptual yeah. and that could have, but the, the music's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it doesn't matter. You never like have second thoughts about what it is and what like, yeah, do, yeah. do I have to be into this? Do I have to be into that? It's just like sick music. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And that was always the plan from the start. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I mean, I don't know if this is good for creativity, but I guess as music continues to get more and more consumed, in playlists and in streaming it's kind of like if your record is something that you literally have to listen to as a yeah, whole yeah 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 limit you as yeah well, yeah totally for sure i, I mean it's it's a weird one because obviously the whole playlist culture and all that stuff is 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 a hard thing to swallow as, yeah, a, as a musician a hard, because yeah. it's like the natural thing to want to do is create projects that people listen to from start to finish. You write an album, like you want someone to buy a record, put it on, listen to it start to finish. And it is a little bit heartbreaking to know that there's just like 
some people just listen to just like one song and out completely out of context and everything but at the same time that's how music is today and that and i'm also guilty of it like i listen to a lot of music like that as well yeah. and so you kind of have to adapt to that and really think about the fact that you want every song to be able to be its own song at mm. the same time as well do you think that you usually think in projects then because i just thought with melt away for example mm. you've got like a lot of songs there that kind of feel like they've spanned like yeah. you say from the start yeah yeah, yeah. kind of come together but it does make sense as an album obviously as well yeah yeah i think with melt away melt away is like kind of like four projects yeah. that have been like stuck into one which wasn't the intent originally and i don't know whether we're going to continue to do projects like that again but i think it was just because it was the first like full album we we're putting out we wanted it to we just, it never felt quite like it was ready so things were coming from a lot of different time periods basically it was our the first album we put out and we had a lot of songs it had taken us a long time basically it was two and a half years and we had a lot of songs and they were f you know our style ch styles can change quickly like over two yeah. and a half years like we went through a lot of different influences a lot of different ideas and um we just wanted to put all of them onto the same album pretty much the project itself is is, is like a portfolio of the past two and a half years yeah, pretty much. yeah. So that's that's kind of like the, the project for that specific uh, album mm. but yeah the two eps that we had before it were very um start to finish their own project and i think everything that we'll do from now on will be like that again because we missed that like that was one thing, like, even though we, we love this album, we love Metal Way, like it's honestly, it's our first album, but the one thing that we did miss was having this full idea of the project being coherent as one thing. And we missed being able to kind of just do that. And, and just let it go, I think, yeah. that's the thing. We were, we were hanging on with this one for a lot longer, which is great, because it ended up writing so many more bangers. So I mean, mm. <laughs> they ended up going on it, but. Yeah, it's this process of being like, okay, this this feels finished and this is ready to go out now. And I think that's something that it takes a while to learn. Probably if it was up to me, we'd still be writing Mel Away now. And, yeah. And I'd be like, no, it's not ready. But you kind of, you get told by your manager to put it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank God. Yeah, We'd probably no, still yeah, be yeah. writing our first EP. Like, let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone would have heard anything. Yeah. <laughs> and, and with Mel Away, do you feel like there's been a change in perception and stuff with the statement of like putting out a full album? Yeah, I guess that happened since we started writing it and since it came out, the the ways that the way the playlisting became like it's always it's been a thing for the past like eight years or whatever. But then in that the, that last like three years, it has really become like this is this is it now. Like mm. this is music now. This is how it is consumed. So yeah, definitely did change the way. And I think keeping up with that is important because you just. You, when you make something, you just want as many people to listen to it in a show as possible because, you know, you, you made it and it's, you think yeah. it's great. The um, reception's been great, though. Like, it's mm. crazy how I hadn't really foreseen, like, how supportive your fans, like, really are when it, when it comes to, like, releasing. Because we'd only release EPs and stuff, which, although they're so important, they're quite small. But this was, like, the first full... Thing that we'd put out and i think people really felt like how much time and and how much love mm. and tears and blood and sweat and whatever you want to say, like in we'd put into it and and the reception has been so yeah we have like so a super nice. like intimate fan base yeah. with us like there's so many people with tattoos like i think last week yeah. like four different 
people got tattoos alone. Right. Yeah. And there's this this couple just got tattoos, and they've got like my one, my mask on him, and Diva's mask on on the girl. Yeah. It's and crazy. it's it's crazy it's just like there's and then yeah it's just so cool to have like such a strong little fan base that's there that's going to support and that's going to come to all the shows yeah. do you think eps and these shorter projects often appeal more to sort of like i guess like taste makers and people who are like really on it looking for new music whereas an album's a broader statement and introduction do you think that's bringing a lot of new people in i hope so <laughs> yeah i don't that's know the hope, it isn't it? <laughs> be really rubbish i guess it's like yeah that moment of being like this is the thing this is who we are listen to this yeah. but it's funny because i know us so no matter how people are going to think that we are now whatever we put out next it's gonna be like oh shit so they sound like this like oh yeah well i think we're gonna be just constantly changing for the rest of our lives yeah, we're very yeah. like you know, that I think we'll always have a sound, as in like we'll always sound like us. But mm. we honestly, that's why "Melt Away," you know, sounds a lot of the songs sound so different because it was mm. over a span of like two and a half years. And I think we need to limit ourselves to writing a project for like six, six months, months yeah. to a year because otherwise it just will sound too different. Like we just need to get right. the project, have the concept, have the idea, whatever get it out, move on to the next thing. Like that's that's how we work. Like we move on very quickly. Like we get bored quickly. We want to keep changing, keep experimenting, like keeping it like new. I think that's really important. Yeah, I just think putting limitations on any sort of creativity yeah. is just like what's the point? Yeah. Like I obviously get it in some in some ways, but you know, like that's not for me. There's yeah. like songs that we've made and we're like doesn't really sound like us, you know, like inadvertent commas. And we're like, oh, well, fuck it. Like, who cares? It, it is us. We made this. It came out of us. Like, so it is us. No one can really tell us like what we should and shouldn't sound like. Do you think also like, because the way that you're talking about the record now and all of the songs sounding so different. And I mm -hmm. guess from your perspective, they're from all different eras. And I, and I would agree with you to, to a point. But do you think that that's also because they're your songs and you're so like close to them? But like yeah. to me, because... It, to me it doesn't seem that crazy that like this that all this set of songs came from the same people well yeah that's the thing like i think we i think we know that as well um i to think to an extent yeah, yeah to an extent we know that like and it, it, it is it is definitely because we're close to it you listen to like aerial pink and stuff and it's like if i was to have made those tunes i would think probably that they're so the spectrum of it is so crazy that like I'd probably be self-conscious about that or yeah. something. But that's the other thing, we're not self-conscious about the way it sounds. Yeah, we're aware of that to an extent to the point where we have friends that are musicians and I've heard them say, oh, it's just, it's just so different to what I've been doing. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, dude, it sounds difference. exactly the same. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. It sounds like you, it sounds, yeah, but my voice sounds different. Like, no, it just sounds exactly the same. So mm. I've learned over time that to everyone else, like it probably just sounds like us. Like mm. it doesn't sound that different, but to us, because we're so close to it, we know ourselves and we're gonna talk about it so much. It seems like yeah. very clear cut moments in our lives. So I hear like Wonder Life and I think of when we wrote that specific time, what room we were in, what time of year it was like, and I have that clear memory, whereas- And what we're influenced by as well. Yeah, and yeah. all the stuff that we were listening to at the time. Mm. But it is nice to know that it probably, sounds yeah. like well that's the thing to like style. any other musicians out there like it's like don't freak out about stuff like that like because yeah. if even if it's going through you if it's going through your if it's the coming way out that of your you brain. do it the way that you'd 
put like a little bit extra reverb on some like guitar sound or anything like that it's gonna have you on it do you yeah. know what I mean it's, you're stamped on there I know obviously with this album as well you worked with Guy Sigsworth who did like all this big stuff like Madonna and yeah Britney and Bjork how was that in keeping with that kind of lo-fi sound but working with this big <laughs> sort of that was established like producer. that was crazy for us because like we never had any like anyone like that kind of hit us up and be like oh i want to kind of work with you and i don't think he really understood how controlling <laughs> i am in particular but how controlling we are and how precious we are of how it sounds especially how precious we are about how things sound where we want them to sound not that good and i yeah. think that was the thing that it was we were in the studio with him and he he's he's like a genius. Like I've never I've never actually like talked or like met or worked with a genius, but he's a li- like actually a genius. He can pick yeah. out like frequencies of like things that are off, things that are wrong. That I just don't, I don't understand how he's he does it. He's like but, IQ level genius. Like, but his his sound is known for being really clean, and uh, I guess our sound isn't necessarily. And I think it was it was a there was a bit of a struggle because it was like he was just trying to make everything sound amazing. And we're like, just kind of like trying to make it sound shit. Um, <laughs> and I think we managed to strike that balance really well by the end of it. But I think there was some times where I could imagine he was just like, probably wanting to tear his hair well, out. Well, I think he's, cause he's very specific about uh, tuning. Uh, specifically tuning is this thing. If, if anything's off, he was like, it's like someone's literally right. like beating the Burning inside of my ears, head yeah. with like with like a, a mallet. Yeah. And uh, we <laughs> there's just been so many points where we were like, can we just untune that vocal? Cause it just sounds more natural. And he's like, yes, we, we can do that. And then like, you can just see in his eyes, it's like every time it comes up, he's like, oh yeah. God. Like, but he was the nicest him. guy as well, he's because so we'd nice. sit there for like, like days on like one tiny thing and we'd be like no 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 it's not it's not like that and and he was he was he was just like yeah he's let's like do it he's like the nicest guy he's like he the never nicest complained. guy he's sickest yeah and we learned so much from him but he also does did put his um specifically on heron song and forgotten ghost he had like a you know quite a and he put his little stamp on him because mm. that, those were his favorite songs and the omen was another one of his favorite mm. that he put a stamp on as well and it was nice to have like, you know, someone who we really respected have an input on the songs. Um, and it was like a really great experience. But it did show us, I think, that we just do need to do everything as we suspected ourselves because we're so controlling in a way of like, we just need to have artistic Yeah, well, either we need to have artistic control or we work with someone like him and he's cool with us spending like months on do you know what i mean basically undoing everything undoing everything yeah if yeah which is it worked really well with him but it would have taken like if we would have done the whole album start to finish with him i think that would have taken about 10 years yeah that was that was sick like it was just crazy to be in a room yeah in a room with someone with a proper like him yeah like who is just just so cool if you're out there guy let's have some beers (laughs) and he loves beers he does love beers yeah we have loads loads of beers beers. (laughs) A lot of beers. <laughs> what do you think that you have taken away from him that you've learned that you might put into other records in the future? So this is like the yeah. thing that we're bringing into the next record. And it's this idea of like, obviously there's lo-fi music, but then you can make, you can have lo-fi sounds, but then it be mixed and produced in a hi-fi 
way so it works on radio and it works on like anyone can kind of listen to it but it can still hold those elements and I'd always thought that that would be really cool to do but I never knew how to do it and by watching the way that him and this uh, studio engineer Brendan would be mixing it and kind of the way what they would hold as being important and how things cut through the mix and how to compress like certain things that was kind of what we were what we were focusing on and recording recording vocal in the in a kind of a right way and stuff like that mm. so it can so it can do what it needs to do for people to be able to understand it the main thing i learned from working with guy is to be bold with decisions yeah yeah like before i mean there were some points where there's a solo at the end of purity that's like when it comes in it's just like huge like it's loud it's big like it's perfect but at the time i was like it's too loud like that's way too loud like when it comes in it's literally gonna like blast someone's ears off and he's just like no it, it won't like this mm. needs to be loud like you can't if you put it low if you make it too quiet it will just seem almost accidental like it won't yeah. seem like you've done it on purpose and you can have like a flat song kind of yeah you? accidentally you don't want it because you don't want it to be like evasive yeah. or whatever and he was like you've got to you've got to be bold sometimes with decisions yeah. and you know sometimes you'll be wrong but like just be bold and that's yeah. something that i've really like that's that goes a, back to like the Beatles as well. Yeah, yeah. It? I started listening to Beatles, it's old music like that, and you realize that like, whoa, like that snare is just like so loud, or like guitar part yeah. is just like crazy loud, and the vocals really quiet and like, like the vocals really dry. Yeah, or like yeah, anything. Like crazy, like... Yeah, and I think yeah, being bold is uh, that's a good one. I'm interested in this idea that as you continue progressing, you kind of shed the alter ego, or, or how that how that changed. Like originally, do you think that the alter ego gave you more? creative freedom that you wouldn't have had if it was like you and your face and no mask definitely because what the masks did was take us away from any genre any kind of association with anything it wasn't like we were just two people that you know you could judge us on the way that we looked or the way that we dressed and you could group us in a thing like a Luna George or any you could just group us however you'd want to group us yeah and then whatever music we made if it did, if that didn't fit your idea of what we should sound like it would be like oh like why are you like mixing up the genres like why aren't you making just one I think the masks and the whole concept really really opened up this world to anyone that listened to it of I don't really know what this is but I like it mm. I'm just so fond of basically the whole concept and mm. the, the mask from the beginning because of that's like that very reason basically about it like opening up this world to us and to everyone that was listening to it and being being able to see it for face value rather than thinking too deeply about what it should be if at some points the masks or the characters kind of fade out it doesn't mean that they're never going to fade back in do you know what i mean i think it's like it's a running thing that's so such a massive part of like our creative and musical experience especially with each other that it's like you know we are those characters they just evolve yeah. the whole thing is just going to evolve constantly yeah. it's just exciting really it would mm. be weird i mean not weird but it'd be so unlike us for us to keep the same thing yeah <laughs> forever. yeah that's the thing we just yeah. that's not us yeah. like we just we want to change all the time so yeah. it's just going to evolve as we evolve basically especially in the era where you were being the most conceptual did you ever make songs that you felt like you couldn't put out because it didn't fit the narrative or the characters yeah, yeah at the beginning well harry bumpton's yeah the reason it's on the album is because we were like this doesn't fit the concept 
at first um, for the first stuff. And then we were like, when it came to the album again, that was a perfect scenario of us being like, we've got this great song, why are we not going to put it out? Like, just because there's a concept in the way. And yeah. that was like the opposite of what the point of the concept was supposed to be. It was supposed to be liberating. Yeah. And as soon as it starts like controlling you, it's just like, no, nah, well, yeah. we're going to put it out anyway. Do you know what I mean? And that, yeah, I think at first there was a lot of, a lot of rules that we'd set. Oh yeah, we'd have we had to break a lot of boundaries basically that we'd put up ourselves. Mm. We yeah, we'd put all these limitations on it. You know, no one else had told us to do all this stuff. It was us that we were like, no, we can't put that song on because mm. blah blah blah. And then we slowly realised like, well, we can put that song. <laughs> yeah, like, we can yeah. do what we want to do, do and it's it. fine. But there had been a few songs. I think White Fang was one of them that you were like it doesn't really fit the concept and yeah, we didn't yeah. really know whether to put it on or not and there's been a few but it, like all the songs that we ended up putting on were just they're so just like songs they're just songs, songs yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was, it comes back to that whole thing of the concept not getting in the way yeah. of the music you yeah. know what I mean it's like the music's first and then the concept is second on the kind of flip side to the question I asked before like what are what are the limitations of of performing I guess we we talked about the creative freedom that it gives you, but what's the other side of that? Performing yeah. with a mask and uh, it's so sweaty and <laughs> I can't really see. I have no peripheral. So Diva's one's got like a face cut out of it, but my one's got no peripheral vision. And for guitar, that's crazy because yeah. if you're singing and you're playing the guitar, you need, to, you need to have peripheral vision to be able to see where you're out of the frets. Because if you cut that off. So I was rehearsing and the only way I could rehearse was just literally rehearsing with my eyes closed just to try and train my hands to where it's going. And half the time that works and half the time you just hear like a thing and it's like shit. <laughs> but there's nothing we could do about it at that point. But that's and why I cut the face out of mine. Yeah, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. this, I can't see. Like I've got to get rid of so it. I just literally cut half the face off mine because yeah. I was like, I literally can't see. Like, I'm sure um, I'll do that at some point. Yeah. And, and also then- like the sweat in mine like <laughs> converges. It like comes down my forehead and down my cheeks and it goes to the nose and then it like composes in a stream that just dribbles directly into my mouth. Right. So like when I'm trying to sing, there's just like this constant stream of like sweat and like snot going into my mouth. <laughs> so yeah, that is a negative thing about that's, wearing a mask on stage. That's a huge limitation. That is right? a big mothering limitation right there. Um, I think a big one as well is like small things, okay, that you wouldn't even think would be a problem. Like taking an instagram photo mm. like if you're out if you don't have, you the, don't mask. have the mask can't do it mm. do you know what i mean it's like i'm not gonna carry around the mask everywhere with me but there's sometimes that like i just want to do a story or something and i'm like can't <laughs> but this is like let me be free yeah <laughs> but this is like not like this is what i mean it's very small That's, small yeah, time stuff like, like it's not the you know i'm not dying when i can't do an instagram story it's just, it's yeah. just like sometimes if you want to do stuff like that you're limited because you have to have the mask mm. with you um, to do that, to, to do that kind of thing. So, do you think that's affected the way that you sort of connect with people? Because I guess now we're all to- told like artists need to be like visible. Yeah. They need to be doing all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. But then at the same time, I guess like you're saying, people are getting the mask tattooed on them. So. Well, I think that's the weird thing. It's like yeah, we have the masks, but I don't think people. It seems to have not. I that's what I used to be worried about that a lot. I was like, oh, we're wearing a mask. We're kind of there's a lot of there's a big break in, do you know what I mean? In mm, the connection yeah. we have with the audience. But I think it's kind of weirdly like, it's, I don't think it's changed anything like that. I think a lot of people message us all the time. It's just like, yeah. yo mate, how's it going? All this stuff, like all the time. 
I think we've um, really tried, you know, we've been super conscious of that from yeah, the beginning. Like aware. we know people want to connect with people. So we've made a huge effort to just be people. You yeah, know, yeah. People even though we were with masks. masks on. Yeah, yeah. Like we're super like we reply to loads of messages, we're always like talking some rubbish on some interview. Do you know what I mean? We're just, I think people can hear that we're real. Yeah. I think it'd be different yeah. if we like we were like silent and invisible and just didn't do any yeah. interviews or didn't do any. It's, it's kind of like the opposite of what Aphex Twin did in a way because yeah. he uses his face for everything. Like his his whole thing is his face. Yeah. But no one really knows anything about him yeah. properly. Like yeah. he's a bit of a mystery in himself. And I think that just goes to show that like just because someone can't see your face doesn't mean. doesn't mean that they know you or just because someone can see your face doesn't mean they know you do you know yeah. what i mean it's like a and there's been many like look at mf doom like it's not like anyone's like i can't connect to him man like it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's fine totally <laughs> yeah. like, it's fine <laughs> it's about the music isn't it because you've got this kind of whole like multifaceted vision with all these different things i wonder do you do any other creative projects outside of jelly um. heart you mentioned the reissues later. Yeah, we. Stuff. It's like it's a record label called Sticky Buttons. I'm I'm wrapping the t-shirt. Oh. I got a tattoo as well because I I love it so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, it's just like a load of mates who are like really into like my brother's like well into record collecting like to a, like a pretty nerdy level where it's a bit like come on mate like chill out. <laughs> It doesn't matter about this rare gatefold from the 60s. Like, but it's still cool. And they're, like, obsessed with it. So I just kind of go and hang out with them and, like, play them what I'm into. And and we, we put on a few nights in Hackney. And uh, we've done we've done one reissue at the moment. We're working on another couple of releases. Um, but also we've been working on a, a ballet that we've written that we want to put on next year. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of... Um, there are so many avenues, like, within the Jadu stuff uh, within music that we do ourselves like the videos and stuff like that, that we have so many different artistic interests that we take part in, if you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't, I'm, I don't feel lacking in any way. Creatively. Creatively. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm, I, I'm struggle to find time to do anything else. Like mm. I, we're constantly, you know, looking, reading, watching, making everything. So it's like, I don't, I don't really do much else apart from, from this from this yeah. yeah and i love it what do you want people to sort of learn from listening to the music or watching the videos just from jdu heart as a whole what do you want them to like take away from i just want them to be like stimulated and kind of slightly weirded <coughs> out and a bit like tripped out but also i want people to like enjoy pop music who wouldn't necessarily think that they like pop music. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of people think that they don't like pop music, but it's like most of the stuff you listen to is pop music. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's kind of my, my goal. Yeah. I just want them to, Enjoy. to, to feel a certain like magic if you want, just something that it's, it's, you know, that you can tell it's different and it's like you said, kind of weird and magical and, super creative Do i it. just want people to enjoy it there's no like yeah, yeah. nothing there's no, deep. there's no deep shit about it i just want someone to listen to it and just enjoy it and, and want to keep listening and want to get to know us and come to our shows and just feel like it's something special basically yeah to get and, involved and and like and feel how much like love and we've put into it and how into it we are basically what's the most difficult thing that you feel like you've had to overcome throughout this process I find it really hard to release music, personally. Divas is kind of different. Mm. 
but I get like crazy like I get really like, anxious and kind of depressed just before it goes out and I'm like start freaking out and I'm like what no one everyone's gonna know like everyone's gonna it's like as if someone's gonna hear it one day and just be like these guys are not real musicians like, do you know what I mean it's so yeah. ridiculous um but yeah releasing music is hard and like any any musician any like I bet Drake probably knows and I bet like your neighbor who sits in his garage and works on his modular synth every day for like the past five years knows it is really 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 hard to release music and you do get better at it, but it's it is still hard and like weirdly oppositely so i'm fine with releasing music in fact releasing music is like my favorite time it's like you have the project and you're finishing it and you're getting all the artwork together and it's going out and it's like you finish something, I'm proud of it, like that's sick. It's actually starting projects that I find the hardest and like writing, I have like crippling anxiety when it comes to writing, like to the point where I could, I'd be like depressed for like three months, I won't leave the house, like I'm just, it's really bad. Um, and I just, I don't, I haven't really figured out why, but I just, I find, but you get do you know why? Better. No, no, but it's like you get, I, I think that's the thing is you don't like figure out why you feel like that. You just, I just write stuff. You just and then, overcome, you just figure out ways to overcome those feelings. But do you know, you know what, what it mean? is? It's like, I have this intense thing about it and I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Like I'm struggling. I get really depressed. And then like six months later, I've got like 20 tunes and I'm kind of like, where did these come from? Yeah. Like these are good. And then it, sh- and then it's like a cycle of, shows me that oh i can do it oh it's fine and then, then i get to release it which is great mm. and then alex yeah. is stressing out and then i'm fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so yeah <laughs> what do you think drives you both to to want to do it when you have these struggles like what drives you to overcome them we count our blessings every day that we can release music anyway and then the fact that we can release music people listen to it's crazy and then the fact we can release music people listen to it and we can do this for a living at this moment in time is like that's nuts it's like no one where i was from ever thought we could do that like all grown up it never seemed like that was a possibility to do and then i guess at this point it's just like i don't want to have to go back to the reality of not being able to do that do you know what i mean it seems when you have these moments or no when you have these moments of like i don't know if i can carry on doing this because it's killing me and it's like maybe I should just quit like should I just quit and then and then what stops you is like the emotional attachment you have to two people that have literally made music since they were practically born and I don't think I could do anything else yeah, so like what thing. else could I do yeah. yeah I I don't I genuinely don't I cannot yeah. see myself doing anything else like ever. while we were making it I was working in a pub and stuff and I got fired because I was just like rubbish at it <laughs> he took me in the office and was like you should have you started thinking about doing something else other than music and i was like what i know what no he about, said man? he said i know you're doing your music thing but isn't it time to think of a plan b yeah it's like, like dude i've been off. working in your pub for like two months <laughs> i'm like a pot wash <laughs> leave me alone yeah, <laughs> yeah you got um, fired you weren't even good at that <laughs> yeah but yeah but i think in the end it is just because we love it what are you most proud of about what you've achieved so far just uh, for me it's the vinyls mm, yeah. I, I love holding those records because i'm like no matter what like these are like part of the history of music now even if no one like ever gives a shit it's like these are physical they're here 
one day someone might find it in like a secondhand shop or whatever. That's like the thing I'm most proud of because they look sick as well. I'm most proud of um, like us for doing it. I, I'm just happy that we're, we're still doing it because it's it really is that thing of like music like kills me but it also keeps me alive. Like it's so hard, like you were saying, like, how do you keep doing it? Even if like there's so many these things, like it's so it's so hard. Like I think a lot of all, all my friends are like, oh, you're so lucky though. You're doing music. Like basically every day is like a holiday for you. Like you just get to like float around and like write songs and stuff. I'm like, have you ever tried to write a good song? Like just try like, or just try and like put yourself out, put yourself on the line, release a song and put it out for the world to judge you and like everything you've ever made, like ever. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm happy that we've managed to like stick, stick, basically not quit <laughs> and actually just like persist and and learn to like enjoy it. And I, I just enjoy it more like every day basically. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a bit of fun, isn't it? Well, yeah. And lastly, what does success look like to you both? A Highland cow, yeah. <laughs> in a small holding in like Yorkshire that's success like that's what I want that's my dream that's the end goal to have a couple of Highland cows and a small holding and then know that I've never had to work a day in my life <laughs> together that's it mine's pretty similar to be honest minus the cow just <laughs> just having yeah, yeah just like not yeah just have that just have success a normal life is for me being oh it's just being happy and like whatever that is because i don't know it's hard to know what actually makes you happy isn't it until yeah. you're actually happy and you're like oh i'm really happy right now like what is it is it the beers is it like i don't know like it's success hard to know. is the perfect guitar lick <laughs> fuck's sake success is <laughs> billion dollars success is being okay with yourself I can't wait to get to the age or point where I'm actually like, I'm me and I don't give a fuck about anyone else. And I'm quite happy with like myself and how I am. My grandma's just got to that stage. <laughs> Woo! My grandma's sick. Here we She's go. Like, I don't care, they don't like me, I'm cool. <laughs> Success like, yes. is Diva's grandma, that is it. There we go, Mammy. Shout, shout, shout out to Mammy. She's great. Thank you for listening to Making Conversation with Grant Bryden featuring J.D. Hart. If you like this episode, then please be sure to rate, comment and subscribe wherever you're listening to podcasts. You can find J.D. Hart on socials and listen to Melt Away, available on all streaming services. You can find me on social media at Grant Bryden. Thank you to Kiki, where this episode of Making Conversation was recorded.